Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Fox News Podcasts presents the Brett Bear Podcast with Fox News Chief Political Anchor Brett Bear. Joining us tonight to talk about the Hunter Biden investigation is Internal Revenue Service Supervisory Agent Gary Shapley. He is one of the whistleblowers who's given information to Congress about the probe into the business dealings of the president's son. Gary, thanks for being here. Thank you, Brett, for having me. Let's just start at the beginning. Why are you doing this? Because every taxpayer deserves to be treated fairly, and you know it was my oath of office to 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 make sure that that happens. And uh, um, you know we wouldn't meet our mission as an agency with IRS criminal investigation, and we'd really lose the trust of of, of the people of the United States if we didn't ensure that everyone was treated fairly. So for the people who say oh, this is, you know, some planted Republican who's trying to affect, you know, the upcoming election or has some motivation, what do you say to them? This is simply the facts are the facts. And I've, in my past, I've, uh, I've voted for, for both D's and R's. And, you know, politics are irrelevant when, I, when I'm conducting my job. And what is your job? So I supervise a group of 12 agents right now, and uh, for everything that they do, from case development, case initiation, all the way through prosecution recommendation and enforcement actions, things like that. And I've been doing that um, since 2018. I've been an agent since uh, for 14 years now. The second whistleblower is actually a, a case agent, not named, but you know who that is. Yes, I do. And you, this is done separately. Um, you're, you're two. You're coming forward separately. Yeah, I was in the October 7th meeting and that ended up being my red line. And uh, that's when I decided to come forward. And uh, you know, I don't, I don't wanna put words in, into the other whistleblower's mouth, but you know, his red line was at a different time and he did so when he thought uh, he needed to. And he was the case agent specifically. That's correct, he developed this case and worked it since 2018. And you in a supervisory role, you uh, were in this October 7th meeting. Let's get there, because that's your red line moment. This is a moment in which your, the Delaware U.S. Attorney David Weiss, according to you, had made this disclosure on October 7th, 2022, meeting with top IRS and FBI officials, saying what? So I was there and I witnessed this personally. And he started with, he's not the deciding person on whether or not charges are filed or not. Not the deciding person on whether charges are filed with Hunter Biden. That's correct. Who was? So ultimately this, if you follow the path of where the venue leads you, they went to the DC US Attorney's Office in March of 2022, and they presented this case to them. Uh, at the same time of that, at the same time as that was occurring, they requested discovery from the agents, which is a typical step when they're getting ready to charge. Now, I wasn't in those meetings. I asked to be in those meetings, as did the case agent, so we didn't help present to them. But after that occurred, he was no longer looking to charge in that, in that district. So that's earth shattering 
news. Um, it's a Biden-appointed D.C. U.S. attorney, Matthew Graves, would not allow him to charge in his district. So I didn't learn that fact until October 7th of 2022, so looking back to March of 2022. And that's when David Weiss, in October 7th, 2022, said that the D.C. U.S. Attorney's Office had will not allow us to charge there. And then he added that he would request special he requested special counsel authority and was denied in that meeting. I even had him repeat that because I knew how important that fact was and I wanted to make sure I understood it. You were there and you remember it crystal clear in your mind. Not only do I remember it crystal crystal clear, but I documented it. The email that's an exhibit in the House Ways Means Committee testimony was when I returned home that evening, I documented it in, a, in an email. And, it, and it's an exhibit. You can look right on there. And I sent that email to two senior executives, one of which was at that meeting. And I said, is this accurate reflection of what occurred during the meeting? And the response was, you covered it all. So there are other things in that uh, uh, email to include that he needed to go to California and he had gone to California to request a charge there. And then he even opines that if they declined to allow charges, that he would have to request special counsel authority from the deputy attorney general or attorney general. Speaking of the attorney general, uh, he was asked specifically about this. Mr. Weiss had, in fact, more authority than a special counsel would have. He has complete, he, has, he had and has complete authority, as I said, to bring a case anywhere he wants in his discretion. But you're saying, this, he's saying that wasn't the case. Look. You know, the, I presented the facts to the House Ways and Means Committee, and uh, they're corroborated, and another whistleblower says the same thing. So, um, you know, there is a disparity there, but um, I was there, I remember it, and, and I can vouch for uh, exactly what's written there today is what happened. So, uh, House Ways and Means Committee, uh, this is Congressman Jason Smith. This was a campaign of delay, divulge, and deny. Whistleblowers say reoccurring unjustified delays pervaded the investigation, including an authenticating a WhatsApp message in which Hunter Biden demands payment from Chinese officials, noting that his father is in the room. All true? Yes. I mean, that's your feeling, what he's describing there. Yes, it is. Yes. This WhatsApp message, I mean, it obviously raised the most eyebrows in Washington because it, it seems to go directly to this. Do you know if there was an effort to authenticate that or uh, to make sure that that had been followed? Sure, and that was the reason why that was included in my testimony was because when we received the, the attorney-client filter-reviewed copy of, of information from the search warrant to Apple, which produced that document, we went back to the uh, prosecutors and we requested to take various investigative steps and they were not supported. Uh, and, th and when they weren't supported, they said, well, maybe he wasn't co-located with him. So, well, we, we can take investigative steps to, uh, to, to see that. if that happened right. and they didn't support anything uh, in relation to that, to that effort. And it's consistent with their ongoing theme of, of, of not allowing us to pursue or ask questions about President Biden the big guy. So you were clearly prevented. You felt it, you documented it, you knew it. 
Yeah, that's correct. And, and throughout the investigation, I was documenting uh, various issues as they arose and to include the search warrants that weren't allowed to be done. What happened with that? Between April and June of 2020, we, uh, we drafted an affidavit to execute search warrant in a couple different locations. And the prosecutors at the time stated that probable cause had been achieved. But as we, we moved closer to the election, um, it just seemed like they kept putting it on the back burner and they eventually didn't allow us to do that search warrant, even though the legal requirements to execute that search warrant were met. Transitioning into another uh, search warrant was on a storage unit in Northern Virginia. And during the day of action on December 8th of uh, 2020, we got updated information that said that records were in that location that were, uh, you know, that would be evidence in this uh, particular investigation. And the prosecutors initially were supportive of it and an affidavit was drafted the night of December 8th, 2020 to go forward for approval. Eventually the prosecutors decided they didn't support it. So I called U.S. Attorney David Weiss with my senior executive on the phone and we said you know we, we needed to execute this search warrant they uh he responded that the prosecutors didn't want to and i asked if in 30 days if that storage unit wasn't accessed and that was the deadline for the document request that was served on that day then we can execute the search warrant and he agreed to that and no sooner had gotten off the phone um, with david weiss had we learned that the prosecutors were informing defense counsel of that storage unit and the evidence that existed there. So it completely ruined our chance to, uh, to access those unfettered. What do you think was the reason for the holdup? Or usually you would get that right away. It was a warehouse, right? I mean, it's not a personal home. That's correct. I mean, the least intrusive uh, uh, issue is, is a legal standard in search warrants, and, and there's no way, shape, or form you, can, uh, you could ever claim that going into a un, un, uh, uh, storage unit with no individuals would be somehow uh, intrusive. And you believed what was in there was crucial to the case? Yes, we believe so, And uh, but we'll never know now because we weren't allowed to access it. And just to be clear, the prosecutors told the defense and suddenly it wasn't there? Yeah, well, I mean, we never accessed that. We don't know if they ever turned over the documents that were in that location. That happened in interviews as well? Um, as far as sharing information before um, they happened? So on December 8th, 2020, we finally were going over in this investigation after several uh, delays, which of course uh, we were waiting until after the election to, to execute this at the direction of, of, of the prosecutors and U.S. Attorney Weiss on this case. So we eventually did a day of action where we were approaching the subject and, and several other witnesses. We had a plan of what, how we were going to approach Hunter Biden that morning. And ultimately, we found out that the night before, um, I was told the FBI headquarters contacted Secret Service and the transition team and told them of the pending action the next day. So ultimately, I don't know how it affected uh, uh, the, the witnesses, but there was clear opportunity for them to be tipped off before we even approached them. And of the 12 interviews that we attempted, we only received one substantive interview, and that was of Rob Walker. And that was a very important interview as the exhibit in the House Ways and Means Committee transcript uh, indicates. The answers that they gave obviously would be prepped and they would not answer like they would have had, you, had they not been tipped off. That's possible. In our case, they just refused to be interviewed. 
And was there any explanation ever given for any of them? No. I mean, we, we were, as investigators, we were finally over and we were finally moving forward and we thought that, that, that we were, we were going to open up a whole new line of, uh, of things that we can do in the investigation after going overt. So uh, it, it may have lost a little bit of, uh, of attention because of that. More of our interview with one of the whistleblowers in the Hunter Biden investigation after this quick break. What's the genesis of the WhatsApp? How does it come to be? When, when do you know of it in the investigative process? So I, I can't say with specificity the exact time frame we received that, but um, I can say that you know we we uh, we did an electronic search warrant to Apple and it was produced uh, in that um, in that batch from Apple. That's correct. All right, I'm just going to read from this. I'm sitting here with my father, and we would like to understand why the commitment made has not been fulfilled. Tell the director I would like to resolve this now before it gets out of hand, and now means tonight. And Z, if I get a call or text from anyone involved in this other than you, Zhang or the chairman, I will make certain that between the man sitting next to me and every person he knows and my ability to forever hold a grudge, that you will regret not following my direction. I am sitting here waiting for the call with my father. Seems kind of cut and dry. Yes, and the importance of that WhatsApp message is that as an IRS criminal investigator, we need to understand all the, the financial flows of money. We're working, working an investigation on Hunter Biden, and we're trying to assess a true and accurate tax assessment for him. So if there is, is money that's going elsewhere, whether it's President Biden or elsewhere, we need to follow the investigative steps to, uh, to ensure that happens, and they were just not allowed in this particular investigation. Where do you think this goes? You're going to be testifying again? So, you know, I, I, have, uh, I have counsel, I sought out counsel, and I have, uh, 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 um, I'm going to follow their advice. And, uh, you know, ultimately, I wanted to bring it forward. Um, well, I didn't want to. I, I, I felt like I had to. And uh, I brought it forward to the, to the committee to consider. And ultimately, they're going to decide uh, where to take it. There's a couple different inspector general, generals involved that I've interviewed and provided information to as well. So um, it's really up to them where it goes. And as far as following the money, did you get that far down the investigative track? Concerning Hunter Biden, I feel like we have a very good grasp on, on the income flows. Yes. And is it millions? Oh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, it was it was around 8.3 million in from 2014 to 2019. How many times have you ever spoken to your son about his overseas business dealings? I've never spoken to my son about his overseas business dealings. And as far as the president's involvement in that, so that's kind of the crux of of one of the issues here is that we weren't allowed to ask questions about dad, we weren't allowed to ask about the big guy, we weren't allowed to. In, include uh, uh, certain names and document requests and search warrants. So, um, you know, we were precluded from following that line of questioning. Are you convinced, looking back at this now, that this was an effort to protect President Biden and his family? Uh, I mean, we were conducting an investigation of Hunter Biden, and we were trying to follow the normal process. We were trying to get to the bottom of it, and. Ultimately, you know, if it was going to lead to another individual, you know, we should follow that to uh, to determine what is actually happening. Um, but you know, there were definitely hindrances that I've never seen before in my 14 years concerning this investigation that didn't allow us to follow through on investigation of uh, of, of of any 
other individual to include President Biden. Tracking the money. How did it go? Where do you think it is? The money that Hunter Biden earned? Well, Where he spent it? Yeah, I mean, a lot of it is, is, is spent. But as far as the investigation goes, that was part of it. Tracking where it came from, where it went to. Oh, absolutely. And yes. you had that down? We feel like we did, but there were certain things that, you know, when, when prosecutors don't allow you to put the subject's name on document requests or on, or on search warrants, then, you know, it raises the possibility that there's more information out there we didn't find, but, um, but based on all of the financial records that we did find, you know, they've been, they've been analyzed. And it was around 8.3 million he received. From who? They came from, from China, from CEFC, came from Ukraine and from Romania. And um, you know, even, even the Burisma money, and, and, and it's kind of a aspect that we didn't get into, but um, the 2014 and 2015 tax years when the Burisma money was coming in, I mean, to this day, um, um, there's still around $400,000 of unreported income from Burisma in 2014. Hunter Biden was told by his partner, Eric Schwerin, that he needed to amend his returns, and he never did. So DC U.S. Attorney's Office declining those charges, David Weiss requesting special counsel authority and being denied, and then the statute of limitations then expires in November or December of 2022. So those years are gone, and there's no way to recoup the, 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 the money from that Burisma income. For the people who say, well, yeah, listen, he paid the back taxes and it's, it's all done. He, it's passed. Sure. Well, to say he paid is a misnomer, right? Because it was a individual, Patrick Morris, that he met at a campaign finance event and then he immediately starts giving Hunter Biden money to pay off tax debts, to pay living expenses. The money that was, that was given to Hunter Biden by Morris was showed up on his tax returns as a loan to him. So when you have a person that you meet at a campaign finance event, then he's all, all, all of a sudden given you millions of dollars and now it's a loan to you. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say that the, the, the subject paid those taxes. Is there criminal implications in what you were investigating when it comes to Hunter Biden? Oh, absolutely. And you know, the most substantive uh, uh, felony charges were, were left off the table. Which would have been what? Which would have been uh, evasion for 14, false return for 18 and 2019. So as of right now in the information that, that's been out there in the public, it uses a term in excess of $100,000 for 2017 and separately for 2018. The true number is $580,000 of in, uh, failure to pay for 2017 and 620000 for 2018, yet this document puts it close to 100,000. Again, all at the direction of people kind of overseeing all this. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I was left out when that, when that happened. But you know, from the relevance of 2018 tax years, that that doesn't even include uh, the, the false uh, business expenses that he claimed and, uh, and that the prosecutors refused to, uh, to charge. So there's still you know, outstanding uh, tax due and owing above that six hundred and twenty thousand dollars. That because of this this deal, they'll never uh, they'll never recoup. At one point, this was uh, the prosecutors were all for this. 
Yeah, so the special agent report that recommended charges from IRS criminal investigation was included in the House Ways and Means Committee uh, testimony. And, and in that, it, in, it included felony charges as well as um, you know, misdemeanor charges from 2014 to 2019. In that report, and what's included as an exhibit, excuse me, it says in there that the, the, the Department of Justice tax attorney and AUSA Leslie Wolf had reviewed those recommendations and they agreed with those recommendations. So even after being hindered in our investigation, the evidence that we collected during it still met the elements of the criminal violations. And, and everyone uh, 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 participating agreed that document went forward with everyone's concurrence. And yet results in this deal. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, ultimately there are, there are disagreements between investigators and prosecutors, but you clearly see that when the special agent report goes forward, at least two of them are on board, right? Then it goes to the DC US Attorney's Office for 2014 and 15 tax years. They request discovery. It looks like they're moving to charge. You know, they obviously agree with those charges and then nothing happens. He requests special counsel authority on top of uh, when, when he's denied. He's denied that. So there's steps in there that show that the prosecutors supported the recommendations um, in that special agent report that included felony charges. So for you, does this frustrate you? I mean, obviously, you, you were compelled to do this because you think it's the right thing to do, but the situation now, does it frustrate you? Well, I'm kind of in an unprecedented place. I mean, I'm not frustrated of, of, about the outcome, right, because that's out of my control. But what I am frustrated about is that we were hindered when we were conducting this investigation. And um, I think that, that um, it really hid the true scope of, of what happened um, in this investigation. Which is why you're doing what you're doing. That's right. Mr. Shapley, we appreciate your time. Thank you, Brett. I appreciate it. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app.